Call to the booth. We locked in on the draft. We talking running backs, O-line, and it's tight ends. And they talking about it's a unicorn at tight end, man. Paul, drop this beat. Can't wait to talk about some of the top offensive players in this draft. We already discussed the wide receivers in the previous episode, but running backs must be discussed. We can't forget about tight ends and offensive linemen as well. But a key before we get there, uh, so I know everybody who's at your caliber or made it to the pros, at one point they were definitely a running back in peewee football, Pop Warner football. At what point, I, I want to know, did you say, all right, I'm locking in on defense. Was there a play, a game? Did you hear something from somebody? What happened? <laughs> to be honest, Harrison, I, I think from the jump, I wanted to be Deion Sanders. So cornerback was always my number one position. So I think I was different than, than a lot of the kids. So if I went to like a camp, I ain't really go to no camps. But if I did, well, if I was to attend a camp at that age, and they asked, like, give me my running backs, give me my – I probably would have went with the cornerbacks out the gate. So I just played offense to, you know, score some touchdowns, have fun, and I was pretty good at offense too. So I played high school offense. I played offense in college. I even had a package of offense in the NFL, Harrison. And Raheem Morris he took it off the table because I came late to work on Wednesday. He had a nice package for me. Took it off the table, man. But I think from the jump, though, Harrison, I was a DB, man. I was born a DB, baby. What was it? What is it about being being a DB? What was it? Is it the idea of shutting somebody down? Did you just get thrills out of that? And I, I do want to because know about this this, too. this what it is, Harrison. Cause I, <laughs> I look at myself right in school and growing up. I'm the bully beater upper. Right? I'm not the bully, <laughs> but I'm gonna find out who the bully is, and I'm, I'm gonna talk a little shit to him. I'm a I'm a bully him, right? So I'm the bully beater upper, and I think the wide outs, you know, they kind of the loud. They the prima donnas, and you know. They think they're the coldest, and I always wanted to be the one to, like, just shut their ass up. So I think that's kind of how – that's just in my personality, Harrison. Oh, there we go. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. now tell me t tell me about this package, though. Man, this so we was in Tampa. Look, Rod, no. Rod, no. I came in. I was late. He called me upstairs. Threw the package at me. Boom. 15 plays. It's screens. It's reverses. It's seam routes. Look, it's kind of the same stuff that I scored on in college. You know, they, they he got with he got with uh with our OC and uh they put a little package in for me, but he made me rip it up myself, man. He said it's over oh. with. I, I I said I can't reward you if you can't even make it to work on time. So it was in Tampa. Probably was like my third year in the league. I was getting comfortable, you know. And and, and I always do this. This is how you get them, Harrison. I play DB, but after practice or during one-on-ones, every once in a while, I just jump and play wide out, and I just show them real quick. And then the coaches will be like, damn. And they'll check my paperwork, check my background. Oh, he do play wide out. So, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of how the package came about. Well, with all your interceptions, you did show that you do have good hands. Um, I am really a wide out. Yeah, there we like go. play defense. So let me ask you a question before we go to break. Did you ever walk up to Bill – so any other coach would be like, hey, you know, in Tampa, they was talking about. Nah. <laughs> Look, I think I might have told this story on, on this show. I don't know if I have or not. But when I first got to New England, Bill kept me after practice, the first practice, and had Tom throwing me passes, red zone passes. I was probably from the 25 in, 
corner routes, seam routes, little screens, slants. So they looked at me immediately, checked me out. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened with it. I ain't never get a package. You know, there's no, there's no, but, there's no follow up meeting after that. The thought it was no follow up meeting after that. <laughs> but the thought was there though. The thought was there. Bill kept me after, and I, I caught passes from Tom Brady in practice. Man, you know what I'm saying? Yo, yo, this Keenan Allen. You know how to make that call to the booth from my guy, Key to Lee. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, and it's always interesting. Every year, there might be a running back or two that's taken in the first round, and then next thing you know, there's a running back taken in the fifth round, the seventh round, that ends up being the star of the league. Some guys who were taken early, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, and then you have guys who were taken late, like Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler. It's really uh, hard, to dis hard to figure out where the running back is going to pop and why. So, Keep, I'm wondering for somebody like you who's on the other side of the ball, do you see the value in taking the running back in the, in the first draft? Uh, I think running back is tricky, man. Sometimes you draft them early, they ain't, they're not really that. Sometimes you get guys late, like you said, Aaron Jones, guys like that. You get them late, and they best in the league, right? So, I think if you're going to draft one early, man, it just got to be one of those Saquon Barkley-looking Zeke looking tight, girl. It gotta be one of those guys. You like he's big, he fast, he break tackles, he almost check every box, he do everything. So your standard, you gotta be the best in college football in order for you to get taken high, at, just like every other position. Yeah, and it's also interesting as well too because now that we're start, we saw this pass off season, running backs are starting to get paid again, but then right. you're also still looking at. The wear and it's the the position has so much wear and tear that you're wondering, you know, if I get this guy in the first round, he's got to be able to hit and he's got to be able to hit right away. Uh, before right. we get into Najee, Najee Harris uh, and Travis Etienne, uh, your time in New England, you didn't have the premium spotlight court uh, running back, but obviously you had Tom Brady and mm -hmm. just others. But in, but in L.A. you had Todd Gurley. Right. Uh, if you have a star quarterback, do you invest in that type of player? Or did how did your New England experience, rather yet, help you frame your thoughts on team construction? I know you're a media commentator now, but if you could play GM cap for a little bit for me. Right. I think we'll it's just a GM fit. Cap. I think it's a fit, man. If 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 it's a if I got a high pick and and I got a running back out there who's one of those, you know, Zeke Elliott type of running backs. And I got a good quarterback if I got a good pass game and I need a game changer in the backfield because that's what those guys is. They game changers. So if I if I have a chance to get a game changer in the backfield, I'm going to get it, man. It definitely play a part in the game. Uh, I done played against Christian McCaffrey in the game, and he's just a game changer. They gave him the ball every play. <laughs> they gave him – they ran it. They threw it to him. They handed it to him. So, man, if you had a chance to get somebody like that, even with a good pass game, good quarterback – uh, I'm going to grab somebody like that for sure. And uh, in New England, we had Blunt. The year we had Blunt, I look at Blunt as one of those type of guys, man. He he, super explosive. 20-yard 20 20 plus runs, I guarantee you he up there. He 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 break a lot of big runs. So when we had him, man, it was it was, it was was like we had a, a, a playmaker in the backfield. So other running backs, not so much. But uh, I think New England could use a running back right now, to be mm. honest. Well, they do have, let me see here, they do have 10 picks in the NFL draft. And uh, surprisingly enough, uh, they the Eagles actually have 11. So 
Uh, there'll be there'll be some picks obviously used on the running backs as we'll see here in the NFL draft coming up. Uh, with that being said, and you talked about pass catchers, so there's a debate going on, and I'm sure a lot of GMs are thinking about: Do we go with the more bell cow type of running back like Najee Harris, or, or do we go with somebody who has maybe more of a pass catching flair like a Travis Etienne coming out of Clemson? If you had the first pick in the draft, or let's whatever the team that might be first looking for a running back, where do you where right. would you go? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Travis, man, just because. I think he do the same thing as Najee on the ground. They both they both break a lot of tackles. They both could got speed to get around the edge. Uh, they both got good vision. But like you said, Travis he had that pass catching ability to the mix, man. And 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 now in today's game, you need that. So I think he is just a little tiny bit more complete, just because he can he can work out out the backfield. You know what I'm saying catching the football. So I'm gonna go with Travis Etienne. Do you like do you do you like a fit for him? Any any team that should go after him? There's some teams with a lot of draft picks that could maybe trade up for him potentially if they if they feel that he might not be there. They don't want to use their first pick in the first round on him. Right, they want to use it on another position. If if Travis Etienne is there at 23, the Jets gotta take him. They need a running back. I think they gotta take him. They also need a cornerback, man. They 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 need somebody to stand up in that secondary. But I think if he there, man, he the type of guy who who you wanna you wanna put in your backfield. He's gonna be immediate impact. He's gonna break tackles for you. He's gonna make plays. So if he's sitting there at twenty three, the Jets better take him. I think that also that comes with running backs, and we see this every year. There's that rookie running back that's spectacular, but at the same time, they need to be great at pass protection. Have right. you evaluated what Etienne can do in that sense, and does that give you more confidence and maybe? what Najee Harris uh, was when you compare the two when it comes to being able to pass protect well? And I think he, he's not bad. I think he's decent. He's pretty good at it. Uh, and I think once you get to the NFL, little smaller things like that, just blocking and just, you know, technique and blocking, you'll get better at that. Uh, I see a bunch of running backs. You don't really have to do it much in college. They get to the NFL, man, they get better at it. All right. So you talk, we talked about Najee Harris. We talked about Travis Etienne. Before we go to break, give me your sleeper. I like uh, his name is Michael Carter. I like Michael Carter out of UNC. Uh, when you watch this guy tape, man, it's 20 plays, big plays after big plays, 20-yard-plus plays after 20-yard-plus plays, man. And that's what I look at. When you when you saw Christian McCaffrey and Zeke and old Saquon Barkley, you see big play after big play after big play. And, and that's what I – tape like that transition to the NFL, man, so – He's going to be an explosive, explosive player, and, and he bring you. He could be a returner for you, man. He catch the ball out the backfield. So, man, if he get in the right situation, I could see him being immediate impact. And I got to show some love to Puka Williams out of Kansas, man. Smaller guy, but he going to do the same thing. He can catch the ball out the backfield. He could return for you. And, and he weighed in about 175, but I promise you he run like he's 200 pounds, man. This guy get his pass down, and he really don't take hard hits because he's so instinctive. And and he he jugs out of tackles, man. So Puka Williams out of Kansas, uh, uh, Michael Carter out of UNC, man. I think both of those guys gonna add a lot to a team. Whatever team they go to, they gonna add a lot. Javante Williams also getting a lot of buzz coming out of North Carolina as well. And can mm. I give you? Can I give you the guaranteed lock to be the fantasy football uh, best running back coming out of the class? <laughs> Who is it, Harrison? It's only because of his name, uh, Kenny. Gainwell. 
out of Mem- <laughs> out of Memphis. Five eleven, one ninety one. I sat out yep. last year with COVID, but uh, he had fifteen hundred yards rushing, thirteen touchdowns in, the, in his redshirt freshman year in twenty nineteen. So doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. And again, right. His last name is Gainwell. It don't get no better Gainwell, than that. Gainwell, baby. It don't get no better than that, man. I checked him out. I checked him out. I checked him out, too. Uh, it's one of the backs who I checked out, Harris. Nice, compact guy. And I can see him. He He's one of the – I got Najee, Travis. Then he was one of the middle guys. And then I got to my sleepers, what was uh, Michael Carter and Puka. But uh, he definitely was in my four, five, three, four, five range for sure. Call to the Booth is excited to announce our partnership with Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can catch all this dope content all off-season and in-season. Follow us on social media at Call to the Booth. All right, uh, before we get into offensive linemen and tight ends, we said we were going to talk about the, the best football name that we've heard. Akeem, what you got? Man, I got a, I think it's an LSU commit, Paul. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Decodis. <laughs> Middle name to ever do it, last name Crawford, and Dakotas to ever do it, Crawford. It don't get no better than that, man. I'm naming my next son Dakotas to ever do it. Yeah, that up. is definitely hard. Uh, a lot of a, a lot of pressure, but at the same time, that is fire. If he turns out to be, he going I mean, to LSU went to, now. He, he, with he, LSU, you know what I'm saying? Look, he, he going to LSU, LSU now, so he in the, he yeah. on the right track, right? He on the right track for sure. Yeah, uh, who, I don't know, I'm sure Nike, Adidas, Under Armour are very Man. much keeping track of his progress because the marketing campaign is easy. The marketing easy. campaign is easy. Don't let uh, him be like a first-round pick or something. Oh, it's going to Oh, it's crazy. over. Oh, it's over. It's over. If I like, I like Ha-Ha. I like Ha-Ha, too. Ha-Ha, Clint Dix. I like Ha-Ha. Yeah, your first that was a good one. Ha-ha. Another another out there one was John David Booty from USC. Uh, that yeah. was a wild one back in the day, too. That's a wild one. I don't know about a good football <laughs> name, but that's just, a wild, that's just a wild one right It's there. just a wild one. Just a wild one. We're going to keep it moving. Uh, looking at offensive linemen, speaking of uh, players that are marketable, uh, when we talk about offensive linemen, you usually don't actually, we usually don't talk about offensive linemen, but we saw how important they are over the course of the season, and we saw how, how important they are by how much they got paid this offseason. And I want to identify one situation before we talk about some of the two two of the top prospects. <laughs> David Bakhtiari, this offseason, signed to go back to the uh, Green Bay Packers for $23 million. Then a couple days later, Trent Williams comes out and signs a contract with the 49ers for $23.01 million. Uh, <laughs> I, wh- what did you think when you saw that? And did you have an instance where some dude at your position was like, yeah, just throw me an extra grand on top. So just, just so I'm a little bit above a key or vice versa. And I ain't never had that instinct, but <laughs> I I saw them do it and uh they tweeted about it and stuff. It was cool though, man. It's it's you know, he's saying he the best. I need to be paid just a little bit more because I'm a little bit better than him. Not much, <laughs> but a little bit better than him. So I thought it was cool though, man. They tweeted about it, tweeted each other, man. They it, it was like a joke, really, you know what I'm saying? So mm, for sure. all, all fun for them boys. For sure. And as somebody who's living in California right now. I'm t- uh, people should know uh, Trent Williams is not making more than David Bakhtiari because we got those things called state taxes. So <laughs> ain't going to be the case. It look, uh, it look good, though. It look good. <laughs> it look good. It look good. That's all that matters. All right, uh, let's go to the offensive line real quick. There's two uh, supreme or two or three supreme uh, offensive line prospects and maybe even more in your view. Um, is there a team that you think should really go after an offensive lineman, and I'm going to throw out a stat here as I looked at some of the draft capital that teams have. 
Russell Wilson spend a, a good portion of time being unhappy or voicing his displeasure with his protection in Seattle. And they're going into this NFL draft with only three draft picks. Um, it would seem that's a team that it needs help at offensive line. But I'll let you break it down. What, what do you think about a team that might need some offensive line help? And then we'll go into Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater. Uh, early, early picks. I think Carolina, Carolina could use some help uh, on that O-line, definitely. Uh, Seattle, Seattle, if your quarterback is asking for help, I think, you know, that's what you do. You get O-line. You're pretty set at them other positions, though. You're pretty good. I think they'll go O-line. And then uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs definitely could find one of these tackles who's who sliding down to the end of the first round, and the Chiefs definitely could take a tackle. They could they could take a tackle and who could take them to the next level as well. Is Penny Sewell your top uh, guy on the offensive line, or are you looking at anybody else when it comes to the guy you take first? Yeah, definitely. He's definitely the top, man. 20 years old, that size, that athletic ability, that intensity. You could just see the love for football, you know what I'm saying, when he plays. So definitely number one, man, biggest upside. This guy probably going to be an all-pro for sure soon. And then, then we go to Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Is that your number two guy? Definitely number two guy. Uh, technician, man. You watch the tape. He barely off balance. He he's always under control, and uh, that's just a good sign. A, a great technician. Uh, great footwork, man. So he got the position down pack, man. He probably gonna come in start day one as somebody right tackle, maybe left tackle. But if they got a decent right tackle and they just trying to boost up that O line, you put him at. At right tackle, they got a decent left tackle, and you're trying to boost up your O line. Throw him in at right tackle, man. Uh, he a day one starter in the NFL, right tackle. It's interesting because when you look at the offensive line, uh, and I've been to multiple draft parties, and fans get excited for the running back, the quarterbacks, obviously, wide receiver, maybe even a pass rusher, which we'll talk about in our next episode. Uh, and but the excitement is usually never there for the offensive lineman. But again. Right could turn out being the most important person on that roster in general, or at least in that draft class. Definitely, definitely, man. You 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 find solid leaders, <clears throat> solid starters for you who be, you know what I'm saying? You find guys who be on your team for seven, eight years, starters on that O-line, man. So if you could find a gym early, I, I, it's, it's hard not to take them. It, it, it's good to take receivers and all those guys who, you know, flashy little toys and stuff like that, but, man, you got to start with starting in in them trenches. So you got to pay attention to the trenches. Speaking of a guy who could play in the trenches, but also have an impact in terms of uh, producing yards, Kyle Pitts, a tight end out of Florida. We talked about him in our previous episode. If you could tell us what you think about his abilities, obviously as not just as a pass catcher, but as somebody who can just help the offense get to that next level. So, so they describe him as a unicorn. You know what I'm saying? It's it's only one of them, and, and and you don't see them often, right? So I agree, man. This this guy's good size. He's he's gonna get that grown man size. He's gonna gain a little bit more weight and get a little bigger, uh, so he can really really get into that blocking that he gonna have to have that in the league. So the route running and the and the and the the separation that he create is is Kelsey like. It's, it's the, the yards after the catch is Kittle's like. And, and the red zone, the red zone effect that he has is Jimmy Graham like. So, man, this guy is, is, is different. He's going to be a problem day one. 
I think he go to the Bengals. I think the Bengals grab him. The Bengals, they kind of in between. Do we go O-line? Do we go receiver? I think they find a middle ground, man, and they get a blocking, big, pass-catching tight end who really going to change the game, and and, and he going to check all boxes for the Bengals, man. So different, different. I don't like him to get – I don't like him to make it out of the top five. Mm, okay. Uh, so then there's is there any other guy that's a tight – maybe there's nobody that's that close – Right. Um, but is there somebody else that you really like like in this class? I like I like uh Brevin Jordan out of Miami, man. He's another big wide out. Uh uh we're gonna have to see see how that blocking translates to the league. But as far as catching passes and creating separation and, and being a big target, going to get footballs, man, I think he got it. Super athlete. He look you you watch his tape, he looked like a big receiver. Where number nine, he looked like a big receiver out there. So when you look at I'm excited. I'm excited to see what team pick him up, and I'm excited to see him play against playing this NFL, playing a big league. So I think he could do some damage. Uh play predictor for me. In what round, what team goes mm. uh after Brevin? Goes after Brevin, let's see, let's say second round and Maybe one of these RPO type teams. Maybe maybe some Philly need a tight end. They just lost their tight end, huh? So maybe Philly, an athletic guy, another weapon for Hurts. I think they I think they just get him weapons, man. You go tight end, you go receiver first, then you go tight end, maybe second, man. Maybe Philly, maybe in second, maybe in the third. Philly though. All right, the NFL draft is tomorrow. Some dreams will come true for a bunch of players and. Uh, athletes across the country in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, that's where it'll be hosted, at least. We'll come back tomorrow with our final draft preview. This is called To the Booth. That's Keep to Lead. I'm Harrison Sanford. See you next time. <laughs>